0: If you have a copy of God's Word, turn with me to Hebrews chapter twelve. Hebrews chapter twelve. We start a new chapter. Start a new chapter, looking at the uh, the transition. Really, this is a transition to the application of what the writer of Hebrews has already given us. And so, Hebrews chapter twelve will be our focus here this morning. We'll be looking at verses one and two. The thought would be run the the race. Uh, Run the race. Run the Christian race. And we'll see two main points that we're to run, that you are, each of us as individuals, we are to run our race. And the second main point, that we're to run the race looking steadily to Jesus. And so let's look at God's word here this morning. This is God's word given to us his word endures his word strengthens. So let's pay close attention to God's word. Hebrews chapter 12 verse one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so, uh, May God bless his holy word to us here this morning. James tells us in James chapter one, verse 22, he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the the law of liberty and preserves and uh, and perseveres, being uh, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be blessed. In his doing. The the, the scripture is giving to us. God gives us his word. Not simply for us to know. Doesn't give it to us. Not simply to build up a, a reservoir of information in our heads. No, beloved scripture is to be. Known and applied. If if, if we apply the scripture, we'll avoid the sin of being puffed up. The Bible says that knowledge alone puffs up. And and, and so we we must have the right orientation uh, when we come to to scripture. And that's what the author of Hebrews, he wants us to have. He wants to have the the right orientation. As we study, we've gone through at length, uh, uh, perhaps half of the Old Testament in chapter 11. Now, what are we going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? And some of us, some Christians come and and they think that only knowing Jesus is enough. Uh, I know Jesus. That's not enough, beloved. The writer of Hebrews would teach us that the, the Christian life is a God ordained race that we are to run. It's a race. It's not an option. We'll see. It is not an option. It's not something that is a race in which or in which we determine the, the path that we're going to run. How are we going to run? No, no, no. This is a God ordained Race God has appointed for you a specific course in life that you're to run, and you're to do it the way that He wants you to do it, imitating Jesus Christ and so the writer of hebrews this is he 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 wants us to be doers he wants us to apply what we have learned he wants us to find encouragement to run the race because it's tough it's tough that's Pastor Mark was going through all the things that the saints are dealing with in this this church and in Haiti. The Christian life is tough. Don't deceive yourself and think that you can run the race on your own and your own strength. The the, the author helps us out. He wants us to see that we will find encouragement to run the race when we take advantage of what we know about the Old Testament saints in Scripture, we're, we're to to we're, he desires that we're to let what we know about those saints, uh, the Old Testament saints that that we've read and and all of those in, in in Scripture. He wants us to take advantage of uh, take advantage of them, let them encourage you, whether they are a great warrior like David, whether they're a great prophet like Daniel, whether they're a prostitute like Rahab, it's all there for your encouragement. It's all there for you to find encouragement to run the race. And ultimately, Christ. Christ is the motivation, the ultimate motivation in the Christian race. And so let us look at the text. We're going to start at, uh, with the urgent command. Uh, we, we, we'll see here that we're to run our race. We, we'll see that there's an urgent command at the end of verse one. Look at the end of verse one. And the writer says this, and let us run. Now, this is a common metaphor for the Christian life in the New Testament. This this metaphor that the, the, the Christian is in a race. Uh, Paul uh, discusses this and, and he depicts this in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. If you have a copy of God's word, I hope you got it open and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And let's see Paul using this, this analogy of the Christian life for the Christian life. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24. Let your eyes see on the pages of Scripture, Paul says this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? And here he says, so run, not walk, not dilly-dally, so run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a, a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable wreath. And so Paul said for himself, so I do not run aimlessly. He has intention in the way that he runs. He says, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline. This is the key to the Christian race, and we'll see this in endurance, that the writer Hebrews will will talk about, it. but he says, "But I discipline my body and keep it under control, Least after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified." In, in Philippians chapter three, verse twelve and fourteen, Paul says there that he continually pressed forward toward the goal in Christ Jesus. Again, talking about this idea of, of the Christian race. And at the end of his ministry, he declared that he fought the fight. He fought the good fight. He finished the race and he kept the faith in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 through 8. The, the, the Christian life is a race. That's, we could think of it in, in that way. And, and the writer uses this same analogy here in Hebrews chapter 12. He says, let us run. The word run is the main verb in verses 1 and 12. And, and, and this, this, reveals, this reveals something to us. It reveals that the Christian life is, is not, passive. It, it, it's, it's, it's not passive. It's not passive. The Christian life is an activity. The Christian life is something that we are, that, that we, that we, uh, must do. We must live the Christian life. Yes, I know God is at work in us to, to will and to do his perfect pleasure. God is doing his part, but you must run. You must run. That's why Paul goes on and he says, work out your soul salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, at the, uh, In the previous verse, you must, you must do your part. God is doing his part. This is not let go and let God. God is doing his part. You must, this is a command. You must run. Let us run. This is something that we all do. All believers, whether you're a adult or a child who is a believer, you must run. we 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 have the holy Spirit indwelling us and 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 running the race we are to live for christ we're to discipline ourselves and 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 running means moving we're to move in in intently move forward intently we're moving forward at a at a rapid pace you know running is different than walking right you, you know that that running requires effort. Running requires that you that you are that you be intentional and that you you move out, <laughs> you move out, and and live the Christian life. Too many of us are on the sidelines of the Christian life, watching others run the Christian race. Beloved, we're commanded to run. This 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 verb here. One writer noted that this verb depicts. One intensely intent on getting to the goal as quickly as possible. And we know the goal is the the the, the upper call in Christ Jesus. The, 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 the goal is heaven. That's the finish line. That's the finish line that we're striving for heaven. So this the, the, the writer. He, he he desires that we run this race and that uh, uh, in a way that that he has already mentioned, hold fast to your confession in Christ, grow in Christ, uh, remain faithful to him in every area. Uh, other places in Scripture says pursue holiness, train yourself to godliness, uh, work out your soul, salvation in fear and trembling. These are some of the activities that we're to do. That 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 uh, that is in, that is involved in the Christian race, and, and and the 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 one characteristic that all of us is, is to have the the one characteristic of every believer uh, who is running the Christian race. Every believer is to endure, or persevere to the end. Notice what the writer says. He says, "And let us run with endurance." With endurance, true faith endures. Look back at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. A writer has already told these Old Testament saints, and we've already learned that he says, for you have need of endurance. You, you notice you need endurance because you're to run with endurance. You need, this is absolutely necessity. This is an absolute necessity for the Christian life. For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. Do you want to receive what is promised? Endure. Endure. That's what the writer desires. Run. Let us run with endurance. Our Lord said in. Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, he says, he said to his disciples, and it applies to us as well as his his disciples. He says, you will be hated by all men for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. It's not a given. Christian life is not a given. You got to run. You got to endure. You got to persevere. This is not. I'm not talking about a work righteousness. Again, true faith perseveres. If you're a believer, you will endure. You will respond. You will take up your cross and follow Jesus Christ at a run, at a a steady pace. You will not apostatize. You will not turn back. And so the Christian life, beloved, we must endure endurance points to the fact that the christian life is 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 it's a it's a marathon it's, it's, it's something that we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives you'll be running the christian race that god has ordained for you for the rest of your life and 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 the prize that god has for us is not won in a matter of seconds it's it's a lifelong endeavor. This is this is this is this is our life. This is who we are. We're runners. We are we are runners for Christ, and we are those who endure. Endurance means that it, it points to another reality. Not only that the the race is long, but endurance means that that there's a going to be pain and difficulty. I used to in the military. I had to. We had to. We would go out and run. And, and one of the things that, that we had to do uh, uh, on an annual basis, quarterly basis, was a two-mile run. And, and you had to, if it, the, the goal was to run and to finish uh, at, a, at an appropriate time, but you didn't want to settle for that time. Nobody ran that race and said, well, I'm going to try to get the, well, you did have some guys say, I'm going to try to get the minimum. What's the min? And you hear what's the minimum I got to do to 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 pass the PT test? You don't want to be like those jokers. You want to be like the one say, well, what is the max? What what is it that what's the max? Where is the max? What do I got to do to to max the PT test? What I got to do to 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 do the best on the PT test? The, the, the Christian life it, it's it's a race that that you're gonna. You it's gonna you're gonna have to endure and and want to give your best and 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 running requires effort. I remember you know as I run I like to I'd like to run and you're running and and it's not easy. You start breathing hard. You know some if you hadn't ran a long time you start getting pains and you your back back here and 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 and. But but if you if it's something that you want to do, you know, you want to run and get in shape, you got to endure. You got to put forth the effort. You got to endure the pain. You got to endure the difficulty. You can't want to you. you Don't take the easy way out, in other words. And so to and so we're to run with endurance. And we know we see here that we're to run with endurance the race. The life of faith is betrayed as a race. The, re, the the Greek word for race here is agon, which points to a again strenuous strenuous effort. Uh, it 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 means that 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 you that running the Christian race there, there's going to be a constant struggle to move forward uh, to get to heaven. You, you you're going to encounter difficulties and suffering. You're going to encounter even your own sin. You're going to be dealing with that. It's going to be a challenge. You're going to have to pray. It's nothing wrong with you if you are suffering and and you're dealing, you're you're faced with with temptation and things. There's nothing wrong with you. That's just the, that's just what it, that's what the Christian race is all about. It's nothing wrong with you. It it means that you're going to have to put effort and push forward through such things. You must press on with perseverance and, and and until God takes you home whatever wherever you are, you must press on i don't it 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 may be difficult for you, but you have your heavenly Father who has given you grace, you have Jesus Christ, who is your Lord, who said, "I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's right there with you in the midst. Walking uh, walking and and going and running along with you in the christian Christian race, and notice that the writer says that uh, the race that is set <laughs> the races you you can't change the course you, you you must you know the the marathons they have a set course if you deviate from the course. You're disqualified. You don't get the prize. You, you're disqualified. The writer of Hebrews says, the race that is set before us. And in one sense, we're all running the same race. But but in, in another sense, each of us runs the race. And this race is predetermined by God. Like the, the Grecian races, There's a there was an established course. Uh, for us as believers, there's one laid out for us. By our sovereign, loving, heavenly father. He has determined the, the, the race length. It's obstacles. It's curves. It's uphills. It's downhills. He's determined all of that. Whatever you face in God has already determined that this is what he wants you to go through. It's not a mistake. God has determined, and He has set where to run the race that He has set before. Some of us will experience in the race more blessings, but others of us will experience more difficulty, more suffering, more persecution, loss, disappointment. But that doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. We 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 are all on. We're all running the race, and we're all going. It's the, it's the same race to heaven, and we're all going to be experiencing different challenges and difficulties. But it's the it's the same race, and whatever uh, God has appointed, on uh, in, uh, in in the course of the race, according to Romans eight twenty eight, Paul says we know that for those who love God, all things. Work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. So whatever you encounter, whether it's a curve, whether it's a, whether it's going uphill, downhill, whether you got to jump over a puddle of water, whether you got a whether whether you got it's, 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 it's it, whether you got a strain. God is. Causing all things to work together for your good, because you're His child in the race. He 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 has designed your course. And 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 I must say this, since we're talking about a race, a race. i us say what it's not. It's not a race where you compete with your brothers and sisters. It's not a competition against your brothers and sisters. We're all running the same race. And we're not to be judging how other people run. That's a big problem in church. We look look at other people and we judge them. Mm. They're a Christian. They're running the race. And we'll talk about what we're, what we should be doing rather than judging, we should be, we're, we're talking about, we should be encouraging. <laughs> it's not a competition. Scripture calls us to put the needs of others above our own. Yeah, you're running the race, but you're to be running the race looking out for your brother and sister, putting their needs above your needs, Paul says in Philippians. So the race is not a it's not a it's not a competition. And this is why the scripture uses the the Old Testament saints and, and it exposes all their flaws to show us. You, what, no one is expected to be perfect in the Christian race. We're simply to run it. And notice what the scripture goes on. We're going to look at look at the beginning of verse one. This is the encouragement. You have encouragement for running the Christian race. Look look what he says. He says in verse at the beginning of verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. So great a cloud of witnesses. When I read this, I thought about whenever we used to run the PT test, you would get a, a pace man, get somebody to, if you're struggling to run, you get somebody to run along with you. That you know that they're strong. They can run. The they can run and 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 they can complete the PT test. But but you the, you call them alongside so that they can run. They can be the pace. We call them the pace man. And they they're they're encourage. Come on, pick it up. Pick up the pace. Pick your feet up. Control your breathing. You know, it's not to 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 con, You know, to to condemn you. They're there to encourage you to get you. You got a goal that you have set and they're there to encourage you to get there. And, and I thought about this when we, when I read this, that we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witness. God, God, our, our keeper, God, our heavenly father has given us. He has given us encouragement in the scriptures. He's given us encouragement of those who have already run the race. They've completed the race. And they, they run the race. They're real people like you and me. They ran the race. They completed it. They're in heaven. And this, the, the, the main idea here with the word witness is not that that these Old Testament saints that he listed in Hebrews chapter 11 and, and we can say all the saints in scripture, that, that they're they're not observing us, but we're supposed to observe them. We we read through Hebrews chapter 11 for the purpose of what? To observe them. How they ran the race. How they completed the race. They are a witness to us. Their lives set forth for us in sacred scripture. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Let me see an example of this. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gift and through his faith. Look what it says. Though he died. He still speak. That's an example of of all these saints that we read about, their lives still speak to us. Why? Because it's scripture. It's in the scriptures. It said their lives is in the scripture. And, 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 there, and, and, and as we read, their lives bear witness to us that God is faithful to his promises, that he can be trusted. Everywhere you turn in scripture, the saints testify. They testify to us. Paul testified, testified that the Christian race is going to be tough. But it also, they also testify that it's worth running the Christian race. So pay attention to them. The writer is saying they're, they're, they're a witness. Pay attention to them. Imitate their faith. Let them encourage you. Let them remind you you're not alone. You're not alone in your suffering. Yeah, it's difficult. But remember, we've read that some were sown in half. This is real. Those things were real. It happened to real people. They experienced real pain and suffering. And they overcame by their faith. And that is an encouragement. It's a witness to us. That the Christian race is not impossible to run. You can finish the race and you can receive the prize. And they most importantly, they tell us what we do. It ain't in vain. Sometimes you could think that what you're doing for Christ. I'm talking about what you're doing for Christ. It's not in vain. No, we just look at. Look at Abraham. Look at Abel. He was his life was taken by his brother. And he received God's com- uh, commendation. Look, Joseph, uh, look at Joseph brother threw him in a pit his own family you he said you meant it for evil but god meant it for good we got so much encouragement in the scripture got so much encouragement on the page of the scripture do not let it pass you by you must be a student of the old testament this is one of the things that 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 we should get out of this we must be a student of the old testament as we go through like ezekiel We go through Ezekiel. There's something in that. There's something in Ezekiel. There's something in Ezekiel's life that can give us encouragement to run the Christian race. We must look carefully. We must look intently. And as we see it, we must seek to apply what we see. It's not information for us to just to just know. As you run the Christian race, you must rid yourself of any hindrances. Look at the middle of verse one, where the writer says, "You before and this is this is before you begin to run, take off that which hinders, so you can run the race." He says, "Let us also lay aside every weight. You're to you're to take off and and lay aside." Uh, the runner back in those days, they ran the Grecian race; they ran naked. They didn't want anything to hinder. They took off everything. Why? Because they wanted to win the race. They, they stripped off their clothes prior to running. They, they wanted to run unhindered. And, 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 and what does this uh, it teaches us? One of the things it teaches us, that uh, talking about lay aside every weight, that, that we're to be making progress in the Christian life. We're, you you you're, uh, you're not running if you're not making progress. And if if you're not making progress, uh, you, you probably need to see if you are in the race actually. But the the Christian life, you you you're meant to make to make progress. So you lay aside every weight so that you can so that you can grow spiritually. So that you can pursue holiness. That that that, that you can Uh, imitate jesus christ that you can that you can uh come together and encourage your brother and sister and and you you come together and not forsake the assembling of yourselves together You, you 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 do what is necessary in order to help your brother and sister look to the scripture old testament when have you when was the last time you encouraged someone with the scriptures is it because you're holding on to a weight? You got something that, that that is weighing you down where you can't contribute to your brother and sister? And it's keeping you from making progress and doing the things that God requires? And when he's talking about weight here, weight is not necessarily a sin. It's just something that holds you back. Something that, it's like running the, trying to run a race with a 45-pound 45, 45 weight in your hand. You ain't going to make much progress at all. Ain't nothing wrong with it. That's what you want to do. But you're not going to make much progress at all in the race. You're not going to win. So so a weight is, is it's not a sin. It's, it's just something that holds us back. It, it, it holds us back. It's, it's something that we are at liberty. That that we have the that that we have the, that we can put it aside. We we have the liberty to cast it aside, but we, but instead of casting aside, we hold on to. It. That's 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 what a weight is. It's, it's 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 something that that we choose to retain. It could be something like family ties, a, a possessions, a job, phone, TV, video games. These kind of things are are weights, and they they keep us from running the race as we are. And and weights slow us down. They slow down our progress in doing what God has a, assigned us to do. It can a weight can 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 cause your spiritual appetite to wane where where you're not spiritually hungry as you used to be. It, it can a weight can can choke out your desire to pray. It can, it can, it can, a weight can cause, a weight is is that which causes you to go to church and just go through the motions and and, and not engage yourself, not engage your mind, heart, and soul in ministry. Slow your progress. So the writer says you must lay aside those things that 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 might become or is a hindrance to you on your way to heaven. Lay it aside. And he adds, not only are you to lay aside every weight, he says, and sin which clings so closely. Which, which are rid ourselves of any sin, any sinful thought or attitude or practice which impedes our progress in the Christian life. And and most importantly, we need to lay aside the sin of unbelief. Not believing what God said in his scripture. Well, I, I know that that's what God said, but I, I don't really think that's what he means unbelief we, we, we must trust God and his promises and not question him not question how he wants us to run the race not question the race that we're running because sin is, is, is right around it's is, is right there you're running and sin it can at any time it can trip you up Notice what the writer says. He says, and sin which clings so closely. Sin finds in all of us an easy victim. We're an easy victim to sin. Sin easily ensnares and trips us up as we run the race. No one can escape his grip. John says if you say that You're not a sinner. You're a liar. So the reality is that we all have the propensity to sin and we have to lay it aside because it 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 easily your sin is different than, than, than my sin. My sin easily trips me up. Your sin easily trips you up. sin it's, it's 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 there it 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 no one can escape his its grasp it 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 lies to us it deceives us God told Cain in Genesis chapter four verse seven sin is crouching at the door and his desire is for you that's what that is crossing at the door of your heart Sin, he said sin is crossing at the door and his desire is for you, but you must master it. And sin caused David to stumble with Bathsheba and the killing of Uriah. Sin caused Samson to stumble. Sin caused Abraham, Jacob. The, the list goes on. And, and so we must Keeping close eye upon sin, the propensity to sin, sin like gossip, complaining, grumbling, excusing sinful behavior. We we, we must be suspicious of of our our uh, of our motives, searching them to ensure that there is no sin, because these are the things that Christ has died for. Paul said in Romans 6, chapter 1, talking about the Christian race and the fact that we're to to lay it aside, we're to put off sin. He says this in reference to to those who said that since grace abounds, should we continue in in sin? Paul said in Romans 6, chapter 1, he said, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, no, In in the hardest way you can say it. No, we're to deal with sin. sin. Sin is 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 something that is uh, that never does any of us any good. So put it, he says, lay it aside, and look at verse two. So not only are we are to run the race, knowing that we have encouragement, knowing that we must rid ourselves of any hindrances and lay aside any sin, we must run the race looking to Jesus. Verse 2, look into Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. He it says, look into Jesus. As, as you run the Christian race, you're to be continually. The, the idea here is continually looking. The, the idea is that you're continually looking away from other things, looking to Jesus. You're continually looking away from those things that are hindrances. Those things that are sins, you are continually looking away from those things, looking continually unto Jesus. The, and notice it says Jesus, the, Jesus, the, the God man, Jesus, who uh, who can sympathize with us because he came into the world and lived uh, as a man. Uh, lived as a as a man. He had a uh a, a, a human nature just like us. He and so he 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 understands. Uh, the, the writer says Jesus who 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 is the, the founder he's he's he the, the founder reversed, uh, refers to is its origin. To the, the origin of our faith is 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 found in Jesus Christ. He, he is the the, the founder His death purchased our salvation. Uh, He 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 lived a a perfect life. Hebrews chapter two verse ten says, "For it was fitting that he, for whom by uh, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering." Jesus is is the that he 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 is the one who initiated the faith the christian faith he and he not only is the founder he's the perfecter he he is the perfect man who who embodies how we're to live the christian life hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 and 18 says therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of his people. For because he himself, he suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Hallelujah. You see the help that you have? Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4 and 15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is a- unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect, every respect has been tempted as we are and yet without our sin. He's, he's the perfecter of faith. We're not running the race perfectly, but because he ran perfectly, we have the grace that is necessary and the mercy Hallelujah for mercy. Hallelujah for me. I experienced mercy this week. <laughs> Should have been dead. But God and the doctor said, I don't even know how you was walking around. Hallelujah for mercy. Paul told, Paul told. Uh, Paul told the uh, the Philippian church he's talking about Epaphroditus and how God had mercy upon Epaphroditus and and Paul said he spared me from 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 uh, uh, suffering. Thank God for His mercy. You experience mercy because you sitting here in this place. And you didn't have a wreck or an accident on the way over here. this is why we should be uh, worshipping I don't get it sometimes how we can just come to church with our lip poked out because we don't understand we don't understand what God is doing. Thank God that we have a a savior that 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 enables us to to be able to go before the throne of grace and find mercy and help in time of trouble. Thank you, Lord, for that. Ken Hughes said, or Ken Hughes said this talking about Christ and the, the, the benefit, the necessity of his life. He said, Christ, he says his entire earthly life was a, was the very embodiment of trust in God second uh hebrews chapter 2 verse 13 he perfected he, uh perfected living by faith he lived in total dependence upon the father hebrews chapter 10 verses 7 through 10 it was his absolute faith in god that enabled him to go through the mocking crucifix uh crucifixion rejection and desertion and and left him uh and and left him in perfect faith and he says this sublime fact is he endured everything by faith and thus he is the uniquely qualified to be uh, to be the author uh, of the followers uh, of the faith of his followers. End quote. Thank you for Jesus Christ. For even for those times where we fall and slip, Christ is the perfecter of our faith. We, in him we have we find no condemnation in him we find grace upon grace in him we have been introduced to grace in him we are able to do that we we're, we're able to, to do all things in him we're more than conquerors in him because he is the perfecter of the of our faith the perfecter of the faith of the, the 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 faith of the race that we're running, Jesus is the perfecter. And 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 the writer goes on and says, we're to run looking to Jesus, because Jesus endured the cross with joy. He says, for who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. We need to look to Jesus and and how he endured the cross when we start feeling sorry for ourselves. We need to see that Christ suffer in a greater way that we will never suffer. We will never know suffering like Jesus Christ and his suffering on the cross. And he endured it with joy. And if he endured it with joy, if Jesus endured the suffering uh, and the shame of the cross with joy. We can surely do what James says in James chapter one, count it all joy when you go through various trials and tribulations we can do it because jesus our the the one who is the author and the the the, he's the founder and the perfecter of our faith he for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross and we for the joy set before us the joy of one day being with christ the joy of one day being in heaven with god our father One day being perfected. We can do it with joy. Jesus became tired and weary. He suffered. He was ridiculed. He was misunderstood. People sought to kill him many times, and they oh of course, they ultimately did. He was persecuted, he experienced all of those things, and yet he had joy, and his joy was in what the cross would accomplish for God the Father, the joy that was set before him. The cross accomplished God's salvation plan. The joy that was set before him it was that the cross not only accomplished God's salvation plan, but the elect are now saved and they are ensured to be with him one day. And so we need to find our joy in Christ and in his cross in the, most, in the times that we are suffering. Look to Christ. Look to Christ. Look to him and see in him a great savior, a great savior who has enabled you to to, to experience the great mercy of God and, and the grace upon grace of God. Find joy in him. And notice he says he despised in the shame. Jesus didn't let the fact that he was, that uh, that he would have to, uh go and embrace the the and die upon the cross that didn't bring him any shame he 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 the The crucifixion was the most difficult and shameful thing that one could experience uh back in in jesus' time, but Jesus didn't allow the cross to cause him shame so that he would would stop running the race. Same of what what other people think when, or what other people we 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 can we 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 can become shameful when we begin to think about our suffering and what other people might think about our suffering. We need to be like Christ and embrace it, embrace our suffering. Counting all joy, allow our suffering to instruct us and it, and teach us that's what difficulty does for us it it it, instru- it It enables you to learn how to have empathy for other people. Suffering enables us to learn how to be an encourager when we suffer and we go to the pages of scripture and we look and we find encouragement in the saints and we look to Christ, that same encouragement that we receive from the scriptures and, and, and from the truth about Jesus Christ, as we learn that and we apply it to our lives and to, to enable us to continue to run the Christian life, that same comfort that we get, we now are equipped to help somebody else who may be struggling, Everybody's running a Christian race. Everybody is having a difficult time and you may have something to encourage them in the Christian life. How dare you hold on to that? How dare you hold up on, hold on to what God is doing in your life through Christ and you don't share it with nobody. Christ gave his life so that he can share his life with us. We can be so selfish because we're not looking to Christ. Philippians 2 and 8 says, And being found in the human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point, even death on the cross. Jesus embraced his life of suffering. And his death on the cross is benefiting millions and millions of people because he gave his life for them. And so Jesus, he despising the shame. And lastly, he is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus suffering, Jesus enduring, Jesus despising the shame. Is the climax? It's the climax of chapter eleven, because Jesus, what what he did, he he was head over all. Uh, what he did excelled uh, everyone who is listed in Hebrews chapter eleven, and 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 we're and that's where we headed. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We're headed to Jesus. We're headed to heaven. We're headed to heaven because Hebrews chapter four, verse 14 says, so then we have a high priest who passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. We, we, we have Christ who is seated at the right hand of God, the throne of God. He has accomplished all that God has purposed, that he will accomplish in the race that he ran. And we are benefiting from that. And we are on our way to heaven. Hallelujah. That the end goal, we know what the end goal is. We know what the finish line is. We don't have to guess what the prize is. We don't have to guess what the end is. The end is heaven. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Because of Christ. And so as I close, just a couple of notes. First thing, we should take from this is that the Christian life is not easy. It takes strength and discipline. It takes determination uh, in order for us to run the race. And we should understand that the race is for a lifetime and that that no two races are the same. One of the, the, the things that, that we should take is that uh, since no two races are the same, each of one of us are going to face different challenges. And this is, again, this is why the scripture calls us to be encouraged. We are, if you're a believer here, without question, you are commanded to be an encourager. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 says this. This is a command encourage one another and build one another up. This is why you encounter difficulty in the race. The race that you have is unique and, and what you, the race that you're running is unique and, and you, you gain unique wisdom that you can help others to run the race. You're commanded to be an encourager. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 through 25. It says, and let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works. This is a command. This this is a command to to all of us who are believers. Let us consider. You're to be considering even now. How can I stir my brothers and sisters up in love and good works? Verse 25, "And, and not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. We we must learn to be effective encouragers and we learn to be effective encouragers by being doers of the word of God. And that's the last one. We, We are we learn to be encouragers by being doers of the word of God. Not hearers only and and applying what we know from the word of God. And the last thing, look to Jesus. Amen? Amen? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the Old Testament saints, uh, the not, not just the Hebrews chapter 11, but all that we know from the Old Testament and New Testament. Father, you have given us uh, these uh, testimonies as examples and, and that which will encourage us to run the christian race we thank you that you have given us the holy spirit who indwells us who enables us to comprehend the truth and and to uh, see the wisdom uh, the practical wisdom that you have given to us on the pages of scripture so that we can apply to our lives and father we thank you for jesus christ who is uh, the author the founder and the the uh, uh, perfecter of our faith. He has ran the race. He started the race. He initiated the race. And Father, because he have done that, we can be sure that we can run the race and we have everything that we need in order to run the race, to complete it all the way to the end. And so we thank you. We thank you for your many mercies in Christ. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.